September 20th, 2023. Let's continue tonight to talk about Moreh Nebuchim, Harambam's thought in the Moreh. We began last week uh, talking about Chelek uh, Gimal, Perik Mem Gimal, where Harambam talked about Rosh Hashanah. And really, as I said at the end of that class, what I'd like to do tonight in turn is to talk about where Harambam in the Moreh zones in and talks about Yom Kippur. This is the chapter. This is the Perik where Harambam sets forth very briefly his philosophy of the Mo'adim, of the different holidays on the Jewish calendar. It's the place, I guess philosophically speaking, to stop and ponder and think about and read how Harambam describes, well, what's the reason, what's the rationale for this holiday? There are, as I mentioned, there are surprises. Anything Harambam writes in the Moreh is filled with surprises. But I say that specifically before we read about Kippur surprises because the description, let's say it like this, in the Torah with regards to Kippur, if you were to open, for example, to Parashat HaHaremot, but granted, Aharemot describes the Seder HaAvodah, so it's really what was taking place in the Mishkan or maybe later in the Mikdash. But in that context, there is reference, we'll even read that pasuk, to what the people at large would do, the concept of Inui on Kippur, the um, reference of Lifnei Adonai Titaru. There is some sort of, at the very least, Inui perspective there. Harambam's words, I say already at the onset, reflect nothing of that in his perspective on what the Mo'ed was to mean for everyone. It's a fascinating thing. That's not even referred to in what's Kippur about. Instead, Kippur, again, very ironic for Harambam, who tells us and has been consistent at this in the Moreh, I'm going to give you Torah Shebikhtav perspective. I'm not going to go to the Midrashim unless they'll in some way inform you of tradition or how to read the Pasuk. Over here, his reference and his angle with regards to Kippur is almost primarily fashioned and formed by Midrash as opposed to anything in Seyed HaAvodah. For me, that's already something to note and to realize, even if we don't develop that much further. But I want to most specifically... And, what's that? Torah Shvichtah. He's going to go with Midrash. Give him a second. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a surprising thing that he'll specifically fashion his, his perspective after Torah Baal I want to furthermore just call attention to, it was at a young age that I remember this being pointed out to me, the greatness of any special author, any unique person who knows how to write well, is not only the words that are on the page, it's the words that are left off. It's not only the paragraphs they put together, it's the spaces in between. It's furthermore the ordering. There's a specific and tremendous emphasis always placed traditionally in Jewish analysis of writings, but furthermore, in general, in general universal analysis, when you're reading someone who wrote well, you're understanding not only what they wrote, but how they wrote it, what was their ordering. So I want to call that to attention at the onset. We have to pay attention to, as Harambam presents the holidays to us, his ordering. And I'll mention already that if you look in the Torah, the Torah does begin, the, the Mu'adim and Parashat Emor and Vayikra Perikav Kimal, with Shabbat. So the fact that he'll begin with Shabbat, Torah Shabbat, we, we expect it. But listen to how he writes it. Hamitzvot hakelulot bekebutzah hashiminit hen, and he's grouping in the third section of the Moreh mitzvot. He says the mitzvot that are in this eighth section. We haven't analyzed each of them beforehand, but hen hamitzvot shemaninu besefer zemanim. It's the right over there. Just one on the top, one on the bottom. 
Uh, they're the mitzvot that you'll find in Mishneh Torah, in the section, the book, called Sefer Zemanim. Harambam in Mishneh Torah, Nyad HaChazaka, 14 books, beginning with Sefer Hamada, continuing with Sefer Ahava, and then Sefer Zemanim. It's the holidays, it's Shabbat, and so forth. So he says, that's, that's the eighth section, types of mitzvot. Ta'amehen shel kulan lema'et ma'atot mevu'arim bakatub. He says, generally speaking, it's all explicit in the text. You see that? He even opens the chapter by telling you the general thrust of the holidays you'll find in the Torah. Be mindful of the fact that last week, Rosh Hashanah was not in the text. He talked about Teshubah from the Shofar, was not explicit at all, certainly not Mibuar, might be Mirumaz, and Kippur, I already told you, won't be either. Okay, so it goes, there's an irony in that. Shabbat, which I don't want to focus on, but I want to read his initial words. What's the reasoning, what's the underlying philosophy of Shabbat? Mefursam, it's well known. It doesn't really necessitate much discussion. Happens to be, we did read uh, last year, we learned a section where he did talk a little bit about Shabbat. Um, we talked a little bit about that, if you recall. It's well known, the aspect of rest on that day. A seventh of our life. You should know that it's a built-in, programmatic seventh of our life where we stop, we cease any of the the effort and the toil, which all, whether young or old or great or little, are, uh, are, are a part of. Zot bin Osaf, in addition to Sounds like physical, but maybe spiritual rest. And that's in addition to the aspect which you'll find explicit as well in the Torah. Don't forget, the Torah says, so that there'll be rest. So that's certainly explicit. And the second one he says is that you're able to reflect on Olam mehudash on God's creation, creative capacity in bringing forth existence. Of course, that's the Zechel Ma'aseh Bereshit. Harambam really kind of did, in this line, talk about Zechel Yisiyam Sam and Zechel Ma'aseh Bereshit. But not our issue, at least for tonight. Ta'amo, he continues in the next paragraph. Shel Hatzibui, Shel Som Kippur. Interesting, he calls it Som Kippur, but okay. Barur Gamken. It's furthermore clear. What's the, well, how's it clear? Is it in the Torah Shbikhtav? Latet et teshubah. It's to lend to or to give us thought on repentance. He's naturally going to quote a pasuk, right? In truth, Rabbeinu Yonah, later than Harambam, in his book Sha'are Teshubah, is a Spanish. Uh, Gadol be Chokmah Musar, writing in in uh, Girona, uh, some two hundred, some hundred and fifty or so years after Hanambam, he cites a pasuk for this that Tishubah is a mandate on Kippur or a relevant reality. He quotes the pasuk titaru. Instead of reading that as a reality. As the Kohen Gadol works in the Mishkan, goes through the process of Seda Avodah, you'll be purified in front of God, meaning in the Mikdash, Mishkan in some way. He instead reads it as a command. You need to purify yourselves. You need to do Teshubah. Harambam won't do that. doesn't do that. Go ahead. So the rabbi 
rationale that he's holding is that Shabbat being a time for Menucha, and that's one seventieth, one one seventh of, of our lives. Our lives. And then there's, I guess, one three hundred sixty fifth of the year. That I, that's Tishuvah, meaning that's the day. Of I suppose, or the day on which we can focus most. By Rosh Hashanah, he said, you start the Teshuvah. He then says, we have this accepted custom and reality of 10 days of repentance, a little bit more than one, 365th. I suppose so. He doesn't articulate it like that. But for me, Rabbi, where did he come up with Teshuvah? Again, he's not quoting a pasuk. Well, he tells us. Kippur is the day on which Adon HaNevim, the master of the prophets, brought down the second Luchot. Ubiser lahem, and he informed Am Yisrael, that their sin of Chet Egel, the golden calf, was forgiven. Naturally, he's got a pasuk for that, right? No, there's no pasuk that tells us the date. But the Chachamim formulate it, they calculate it's not Mefurash in the pasuk. And if this was, and I'm not negating the Masoret of the Chachamim, I'm not turning this into something of that, so I'm not scoffing at it. I'm saying if this was the critical notion of Kippur, quote unquote, according to Torah Shvichtav, wouldn't it at least be referenced? In other words, if that is a fascinating thing. Harambam's vision, his perspective of Kippur, somehow is coming from, it appears, not from Torah Shbikhtav in its explicit sense, from something else, from a Midrash that tells us, based on the Chachamim's calculation, second Luchot and forgiveness took place on, uh, on, on Yom Kippur. The Oto Yom. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a result, that day, there's a lot to be said about this, um, not for the moment, but there's a lot to be said about the fact that he says the day in turn becomes eternally enriched by an essence. He's envisioning perhaps time as being imbued with a certain essence. It's not just that I revisit this day because it's the same date. There's some sort of nature to the day, some metaphysical reality. It's a day embedded with the capacity of siliha. It's similar words Harambam has in Hilchot Teshubah in Source 1. Just for a moment, Yom HaKippurim hu zeman teshubah lakol vehu ketz mechilaus lechalisa. It's a zeman teshubah. It's a time for repentance and in turn, or coupled with, the Selichan Kapara for Yisrael. All right, so he, again, he's described, that's, that's an interesting parenthetical point, which can and should be discussed. What's time? How does Harambam, how does anyone philosophize about the vision and perspective of what it means to experience time. Do we really step into a time which is somehow cyclical in nature? Or is it just, you know, we made that up. The reference over here sounds as if there's something metaphysically embedded within the day. The very DNA of the day is a day of Tishubah. Okay, but here. Lachen, therefore, and I'm reading this backwards and you'll see how. Hurhak mi menu kol oneg gufani and it's for that reason that it's distanced from the day, meaning it's forbidden on that day, any gufani, any bodily pleasure, and any effort to get a bodily toilet um, necessity of some sort. It's for that reason that Kippur is forbidden 
and what we call the five inuyim, eating, drinking, and so forth, right? It's the first Mishnah in the eighth chapter of Masechet Yoma. And what do we spend the day uh, continuously doing? Haviduyim. And we have verbal confession. In other words, it's the confession and repentance, regret, etc., from the sins that we've committed. So again, the one issue that we addressed is his vision of this emanating from Torah Shbiktav didn't really help us with that unless we're reading it backwards. What do I mean by re- well? I'll explain what I mean by reading it backwards in a moment. And secondly, and this I mentioned at the onset, a great author has a beautiful order. How did Hanbam order things? Rosh Hashanah, if you recall, comes later. Rosh Hashanah is on the next page. He starts with Shabbat and segues into Kippur. Where does he go from Kippur? Yamim Tovim. Pesach, Shabbat, and so forth. Look at the next paragraph. Yamim Tovim Kulam. That's a fascinating thing. You you notice his his order? Shabbat, yeah, but for me, Shabbat, Yom Kippur. It's that Yom Kippur. And then sandwiched in between Shabbat and holidays is Kippur. A fascinating thing. He doesn't only do it here. He does it in his Sefer Zemanim. In fact, the footnote of, uh, of, of Schwartz here in source number one, he details for you the order. And again, I told you the third of his 14 books is Halakha Bok Mishneh Torah. It's called Sefer Zemanim. So he goes, Hilchot Shabbat. What do you think the second one is? Hilchot Shabitat Asor. And then Hilchot Shabitat Yom Tov. He does the same thing over there. It's a funny thing. Why does Kippur get preference? Why does Kippur come second? Why does Kippur precede Rosh Hashanah? Why does Kippur precede the holidays? This is the most important day of the year. Because of importance of some sort. It's uh, sui generis. It's uh, somehow uh, it's significance. Okay, I'm not going to deny that, but it's hard to quantify importance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is precedence for that. Yeah. So you're so you're you're tagging onto A B and saying the fact that it has the second most aliyot six, unlike the holidays which have five, including Rosh Hashanah, is uh is a marker, it's a siman of its significance, and in turn it gets ordered as such. And then the order of the holidays afterwards go go accordingly. Okay. Uh, let me let me say that the question then is less significant, but I think stands nonetheless, because I'll re-articulate the question. How is it that we look at this day and determine such? So you gave me a siman. The six aliyot shows me so. Is there a reference in Torah which somehow notifies me, slash Harambam, that Kippur has that significance? And what is it? That there was uh, an elaborate, okay, maybe I would say the Ali Ala Regel was the significant, uh, uh, you know, the marker of that. So much so, so much so that I would make the following suggestion, and I'll make, and I'll, and I'll state it at the onset, and then try to uh, develop it further. That Harambam, and what I meant by him working backwards is. I wonder if Harambam opens the Torah, reads it with open mind and eyes, and says, let me understand what the nature of this day is, not for the Kohen Gadol and the Mikdash, 
but rather for the people. What is the nature of this day? It's a day of inuyim. A day of, people usually say pain, suffering, maybe not. What did he describe it as? He had words to describe it. It's a day of rihuk, of distance from onegufani. It's a day of distancing bodily pleasures. And, but, but again, and asiat melachot. And any, any work, any labor. What I mean by the backwards then is it goes as follows. He notices that and instead of pausing, reflecting and saying that the inui is some sort of mitzvah tayom, some sort of, you have lulav on Sukkot and you have shofar on Rosh Hashanah. What do you have on Kippur? On Kippur you have five things you don't do. Cute. It has its own nature. No. He couples it instead with not doing melacha. He says the action of the day is vidui. He says, what do you then fill the day with positively, vidui, which will only add to it, and we'll, we'll address that in a moment or two, but his description of the day is that the inui, this is the key part, is not a fulfillment in what you would say something like tisha be'av. On chabe'av, in the, the abstaining is a siguf, is something which is supposed to pain me, which is supposed to give me a certain material pain, maybe even psychological one. It's not what it is on Kippur. On Kippur, it's a shutdown of sorts. In fact, his halachot, as I just mentioned in Mishneh Torah, are called Hilchot Shivitat Asur. It's called the laws of shutdown on the 10th. The ordering then might be very significant as well. Which of the holidays, yes, in terms of significance, but more than that, which of the holidays is best and most connected to Shabbat? Of course, it's Kippur. It is the holiday on which we shut down. Shabbat is a shutdown day. This day is a shutdown day, a shutdown day plus five. Because it's all shut down. It's not a shutdown day like the other holidays. All the holidays are Mikra Kodesh, which means Isur Melachat. Seems clear from, from Vayikra, Perikav Gimal. That's what Mikra Kodesh means. In the context of Mikra Kodesh, in Perikav Gimal and Vayikra, we'll read it in a moment, says the Torah, Inui aids the focus, so to speak, aids the shutdown. And in turn, it's a day most associated, not with the other holidays, but most with Shabbat. It's the day on which contemplation, as he mentioned on Shabbat, to see and to feel and experience some sort of vision, perspective, or, or thought of God, well, that's going to be manifested most on Kippur. How do we do that? Added Norman, said Harambam with Vidui. Harambam carefully, I didn't put it on the sheet, but carefully and systematically in Hilchot Teshubah reminds us. Teshubah, and more specifically Vidui, is an experience of, and he says it again and again, some two, three times, of Lifnei Hashem. Says Harambam, there's a single mitzvah in these halachot, Vehu lashuv lifnei Adonai ulehitvadot. And hayav lehitvadot lifnei Hashem. The mitzvah of teshuvah and vidui, unlike any other mitzvah other than maybe tefillah, but certainly not lulav, shofar, etc., is to be experienced as part of its very definition as a standing in front of God. Which means to say the day, just as Shabbat is a day, clear out all the bodily distractions to focus on 
God's essence, so to Kippur. But wait a second, I'm distracted on Kippur with my vidui, quite the opposite. Vidui is supposed to be an experience of standing before God. Now, I believe that although he prefaced it by describing it as the day on which we got the second luchot to set the groundwork for the day, his drive, his motivation, he might be reading the rabbis as inspiring this, is the Pisukim themselves. Uh, take a look with me for a moment or two on the, 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 sec, the supplemental sources. In source number two, in Parashat Haremot, that's where you have the Seder Havodah. This is not to the Kohen Gadol, this is to the people. You should, we usually translate it as afflict your souls. Maybe it means, says Harambam, shut down your physical soul. Coupled, one with the other. You might say it has nothing to do one with the other. It's not. Yisum melacha is don't work. Inui is pain yourself. No. Inui is shut down. Don't do melachas, shut down. It's all part of the exact same package. And next, the Pasuk Lamed, excuse me, Lamed Aleph, Shabbat, Shabbaton Hilachem. The day is a day of Shabbat. It's a shutdown. I'm doing shutdown for Shabbat. Shivita, what do they call a strike in Israel? A Shivita. They're not resting for say, they're shutting down. You close everything. Again, it's a reorientation, what I'm suggesting, and I think Harambam does so likewise, of what these Inuyim are about. The Inuyim are not a separate entity. On the holidays, there's no Melacha, and you know what you do? You uh, shake the Lulav. On Kippur, there's no Melacha, and there's Inuyim, and you know what you do? Vidui. Right? In other words, it goes hand in hand with creating the nature of the day. The very fabric of the day is woven through Inui and Isu Melacha. Inui is a shutdown of all excess, all one gufani, and Isu Melacha is to get the toilet gufani, he called it. Vayikra perek kafkimal, parashat emor, ve'initebach be'asol ha'chodesh ha'shevi pasu kafzayin, ha'zei yom ha'kipurim hu, mikra kodesh ye'lachem, that's what I told you earlier, mikra kodesh in vayikra kafkimal means not just a day where you cry out sanctity, it's a code word for Yisur Melacha, it's explicit, and it's the only of the holidays that's listed like that. Pasuk Kavchet, direct segue, not something separate. And so on and so forth. Shabbat, Shabbaton, Pasuk Lamed Bet, again, the Shabbat aspect, ironically, is fulfilled on Kippur through Inui. I mean, it's a fascinating thing because Shabbat, as we have it every seventh day, you have Shabbat through Isur Melacha, and how do you fill the rest of the day? With Oneg Gufani, right? So it's an, it's an amazing thing. Kippur couples this and almost gives a excessive, or it accentuates the Isur Melacha by saying, let's go full throttle in that aspect in the shutdown to focus you accordingly. Bimidbar per kaftet parashat pinehas ube'asola chodesh ha'shevi'i hazeh again, mikra kodesh ye'lachem ve'initem et nafshotechem lest you think that stands independent. Kol melacha lo ta'asu. So the Torah is consistently coupling inui 
the way the rabbis interpret this, at the very least, from the Torah, the others debate, but ultimately speaking, the afflictions, the shutdowns of the day, are the same as the Yisum Malacha. They go hand in hand. In truth, Harambam himself, in his Hilchot Shivitat Asur, articulates this. Pause for a second and notice, though, I do want to point out one last thing. You see, Harambam did something else interesting in the Moray I should call attention to. You see, whereas in his Mishneh Torah, in his Yad HaChazaka, in Sefer Zimanim, in the book of the holidays, the times, he mentions, Asor. what do you do? You shut down. He has no mention thereof, the mitzvah of Tishuban Kippur. The mitzvah of Teshuvah and Kippur is mentioned, back to the order of things, in Hilchot Teshuvah. Right? So for Harambam in Mishneh Torah, you get a little bit of a different picture over here. There's two aspects. There's a shutdown and there's Teshuvah. In, in Moreh Nebuchim, they went in the same sentence, right? In Moreh Nebuchim, it's shut down so that you then fill your day with viduyim. And it's not to negate it that in, in Mishneh Torah, but you don't get the same picture in Mishneh Torah. In Mishneh Torah, he told you, this is Kippur, it's a day of Teshubah. By the way, here's the way you fulfill Kippur. He doesn't mention them in the same sentence. In the Moreh, there's an added flavor to it. I'm shutting you down and I'm telling you I'm shutting you down. I'm shutting you down so that you repent accordingly. So that, in the words we used earlier, you feel the presence of God. So you think about his essence and so on and so forth. And that's, that's the reading. Again, it's a different vantage point than the standard interpretation of what people imagine Kippur is. You know, a small, a small ramification, not halacha l'maaseh per se. But there's always a question, are my shoes, is it inappropriate for my shoes to be comfortable? It's not about comfort of shoes. It's about a groundedness with your shoes. When you wear leather shoes, the vision, generally speaking, is I'm removed from the ground. I have something. I have now a groundedness in not wearing leather shoes, which means today there's no... And the Gemara says it explicitly. The Gemara gives a, the ad absurdum question. It says if you're in the sun and it's comfortable, you don't have an obligation to go into the shade. If you're in the shade and it's comfortable, you don't have an obligation to go into the sun. Why not? Because we're filling in. The mitzvah of the day is not to be uncomfortable. It's not to afflict yourself. It's not to mourn the destruction of a mikdash as Tisha B'Av is. It's alternatively to focus yourself. Inui is the same thing as Isur Melacha. It's just Isur Melacha plus. It's like Onik Tisha It's the parallel of Onik, even though it's the opposite, right? Whereas on Shabbat, free up yourself from work so that you have an experience as such of Onik, which, by the way, is not explicit in the Torah. That's from Sefer Yeshaya, and we accept, you know, that's Onik. But on Kippur, explicit from the Torah is, do Isur Melacha, Couple it with Inuyim in order to truly experience and understand what Shabbat is, what Kippur is about. And that, that's the way you're going to feel it. Again, it's absolutely. And in turn, says Harambam, what he didn't tell us in Mishneh Torah, that'll get you the two true Teshubah. Yeah. It's so, essentially, it's removing yourself from your own physicality. Well said. Well said. Well said. Again, it might sound simple, but ask 9 or 99 out of 100, 9 out of 10 or 99 of 100 people, and ask them what happens on Kippur, and they'll say to you, 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 you afflict yourself. 
That's the answer. And you do tissue bath. That's it. Right, so, which one has nothing to do with it. I afflict myself. How does that bring? Oh, it must be some sort of sadistic thing. If I feel pain, I'm masochistic, that, whatever. And then I'm inspired. No, no, no. I'm nothing of that sort. There's no lashing yourself to feel inspired. No, it's about shutting down my physical uh, distractions. That's the point of the day, right? And that's, that's, and, and what I'm saying is, it's, it's difficult to read the psukim otherwise. And I think it's what he's, he's alluding to in the more. In the more, he says, the day is about a shutdown, excuse me, the day is about teshubah. And you should know it's about that shutdown. The shutdown is the proof oh, that, that opened up the day for you to do what? For you to think about God. How, what does that mean to think about it? That is teshubah. That, that's the definition. Notice as well, by the way, you know, he talks about vidui, which is hoda'a b'hataim. Go ahead. The physical part is also has so much to do with the hang-ups that prevent you from being able to do anything. Sure, I call that distractions. Right. Sure, so, sure. It's about focus, yeah. 100%. So that you can. Then if you're still connected to that, then you're limited. Morning For sure. So, again, I, this is a jump. It's an Avi Harari jump. But my suggestion with regards to the leather shoes is that leather shoes are a barrier between yourself and your groundedness. To be grounded, to feel the ground under your feet, so to speak. I know we don't, even when we don't wear leather. But in a certain respect. But again, it was, it was never about the comfort. It was more about... Who, who are you as opposed to what's on you? It's who are you? It's, it's, it's connecting myself to the ground. It's connecting myself called to my origins, if you want to get really spiritual. That's the, yes. So it says Harambam at the onset of Hilchot Shivitat Asor. Again, the point needs to be made. Hilchot Shivitat Asor. It's not Hilchot Yom Kippur. It's Hilchot Shivitat Asor. The shutdown of the tenth, and the shutdown of the tenth incorporates and encapsulates two things: Melacha and Inui. They're the same under the same heading under the same definition. Mitzvat Aser Lishbot B'Melacha B'Asor L'Chodesh Hashivi. Not the way. If you asked me, I thought he was going to open the halachot. He starts by describing Isu Melachan Kippur. Why are you going to describe the unique thing of Kippur? First thing he mentions Isu Melacha Shenei Shabbat Shabbaton Hulachem Chol Aser B'Melacha B'Tel Mitzvat Aser V'Avalot Aser and so on and so forth Umal Chayav Al Mitzvah and so on and so forth Halacha Dalit. So again, starts with That's what Kippur is about. And Inui. What's Inui? Shut down. Well, he didn't say that explicitly yet. You're not allowed to uh, bathe, not allowed to uh, uh, anoint, uh, whatever, smooth, uh, put, put uh, oils on, olive oil, marital relations, leather shoes, and the mitzvah is to shut down from all these, not to pain yourself through all these, not to feel uncomfortable, to shut down, very, those very words define for us, shut down from melacha, and likewise shut down from any bodily distractions. In short, Harambam's picture and vision in the Moreh, as I read it, inspired by the three-time repetition in the Torah of is it's a day of absolute and utter focus. Very much like Shabbat, a focus on God because of mindfulness 
away from distractions of my body, plus some. Not only no melacha, but furthermore, no bodily endeavors, no bodily pursuits. That's what the day is. The first time, not in the way I'm articulating, the first time I heard this thought most clearly made was um, from a rabbi, his name is Rabbi Berkowitz, Rabbi Yitzchak Berkowitz. Today, I think he's in Or Sameach. At the time, he had a kolel in Yerushalayim, and I was praying there on Erev Kippur, on Shabbat, and he was a student of Rav Hutner, in source number six, I believe, because I believe he quoted the Ve'adim from Rav Hutner, where he art- repeated, at the time, as I remember it, the point of this day is the shutdown. It's the shivita. Again, Harambam takes us even a little bit further than that in the more. He says, shivita for vidui. Shivita for teshubah. Shivita for, we're going down, lifnei Hashem. Harambam's words are, are clear. And it's a reading in the Torah. In source number six, Rav Hutner, Zichrono Livracha. Rav Hutner was, uh, for a long time, the rabbi, the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshivat Chaim Berlin, and in Israel, Yeshivat Pahad Yitzhak. At the very first siman in his book on Kippur, called Pahad Yitzhak, it says, Umahalacha Divarim And, to a certain extent, I was excited, I didn't remember that he wrote it like this. Uh, there's a full picture over here in the way Rav Hutner writes this. He says, Obviously, we're reading in the middle of it. We're reading Ot Yod. And if you read like anything else, you need to read the whole thing to fully appreciate. But regardless, more than anything for me, it's already, without getting into his intricacies and fully what he means, he's already pointing out to us that there's something similar but drastically different between Shavuot, the commemoration of receiving what we assume the first Luchot, and Kippur, and remember the Midrash Harambam cited, Mishnah and Yoma, second Luchot. What's the drastic difference? Whereas, and he goes on to quote it, whereas on Shavuot, the major statement in the Gemara in two places is that Shavuot is different than the other holidays. Shavuot is the holiday, capital T and H, on which we say, Kulo Hashem. You should indulge, you should eat, you should enjoy. It's the day, says the Gemara, my ta'ama yom tenabo Torah, the day in which the Torah was given, you rejoice in a bodily way. First giving of the Torah. Says Rav Hodner, pay attention to the fact that second giving of the Torah, after Heta Egel, after a process in which we needed to orient, focus ourselves, and come to Siliha, Salahti Kidvarecha and Mechila through Teshubah, that day is quite the opposite. It's the shutdown day. It's an amazing thing then where you go from Shavuot and Kippur, both to a certain extent commemorating similar experiences, first and second Luchot, altogether different nature, separated by sin, 
alternatively by distraction, right? In other words, envision Chaita as I took my eyes off the off the April. And in turn, Kippur uh, is, well, let me reorient, let me strip away all that was a part of me. His words, And the last words, It's not a pain, he says, in contrasting it to Chabeav and other fast days. It's rather because food is not from the tzorich of my nefesh. It's not a necessity of my spiritual side, if you will. Which means to say, again, to just uh, to just uh, put it all together then, Harambam in the Moreh begins Kippur by describing to us it as the day on which historically, and in turn embedded within the nature of the day, there was repentance and forgiveness. The day on which the second Luchot were given. An ironic reality, because the first luchot are commemorated in an altogether different way, but differentiated by Chaita Egel in the middle. Parenthetically, I did once read this book, I forgot what it was called, maybe something like Rendezvous with God or something like that, I had a contemporary, maybe 10 years ago in English, published by Magid Books, and the class, Rabbi Laufer, I, I don't know who he is, but I remember reading this, he has maybe 20 pages on Rosh Hashanah. And it's an out-of-the-box perspective, but it's an interesting one. His claim, without getting into specifics, it's been some time since I read it, his claim is that Rosh Hashanah commemorates what? So we say the creation of the world. No mention in the Torah. Not even, I mean, Hayom Harat Olam, but not even over-accentuated in our prayers. Uh, what else does it, well, what else could it commemorate? It's a day of Teshubah, it's Yom Hadim. He alternatively argues that, and there's prayers that we mention, it commemorates Matan Torah. It's a fascinating claim. For some reason or another, you have to figure out why. It is somehow, keep in mind, the major event in our national experience when a shofar was sounded, where the word kol is repeated ad nauseum, very much is Matan Torah. There's a cold shofar, a cold gadol veloy asaf, etc., etc. His claim, again, a full analysis, which I'm not giving you now, is that Rosh Hashanah commemorates Matan Torah. If that's the perspective, it's a fascinating thing, right? I'm just mentioning this parenthetically. It means, what's that? Because the best link is the shofar, right? The kol shofar of Ma'amad Har Sinai. We do mention it in the Slah several times. Rabbi David Abu Daram quotes from Rav Amram Gaon that that's one of the ten potential reasons for why we say on the shofar, because of Har Sinai. What does it have to do with Rosh Hashanah, etc.? No? Not in the Torah. No. Not in the Torah. Not even Chatzoserot, to the best of my knowledge. That's the shofar. Yeah, yeah, no, he's saying to gather the people. He's saying to gather the people. Regardless, what I'm saying is, regardless what I'm saying is, with that perspective, it's even more fascinating. It means Rosh Hashanah, which Harambam, which we know, but Harambam says it, is the introduction to Kippur, as we read last week. Well, if that's envisioned like that, it's almost as if we, because the question I don't know that he addresses this, is glaring. Why commemorate Matan Torah on Rosh Hashanah? What's, what's the relevance at that time? Even if it's a rabbinic edition, you know, remember it on this day. Why do they want us doing that? Unless it begins the thought of Matan Torah leading me to 
Kippur, which is, well, the second Luchot. I'm kind of working through that Tishubah from the downfall of the first giving. Regardless, that's a parenthetic point, which I did think about as I'm teaching now. Um, but regardless, Harambam's perspective, I think, is somewhat clear. And to just uh, you know, review the questions that we asked, and in turn, the way I think he very clearly maps it out for us, is number one, where's the Torah Shebikhtav on the nature of the day? Where's the Torah Shebikhtav that it's a day of Tishubah? The Torah Shebikhtav never says that. To say it in a sentence, it's a day of shutdown. For what? Well, obviously, it's a day of shutdown for focus. On what? Well, obviously, it's a day of shutdown for focus on God, which is Teshubah, which is moving myself away from myself and looking outwardly and in turn finding my connection or my understanding of Lifne Hashem. Secondly, the ordering of Harambam, the ordering of putting Kippur after Shabbat and before the holidays, yes, significance of the day, certainly important day, a day, Kulola Hashem, etc. Where do we find that? Where does he just, why doesn't he say that? Well, maybe that is what he says, because what he tells us is that the Seder Hayom consists of Shavita. Seder Hayom is a day of shutdown. Isur Melacha and Isur Achila Shetia, etc. All purpose to take me to a Shivita Min Haguf Sheli, to take me to a shutdown and a focus away from myself. The description in turn of Harambam is what does that open my mind, my heart, my spirit to? It in turn opens my mind to Tishuba. It lends credence as well, lastly, to that reference again in Harambam's Mishneh Torah, not on our sources, on how the Tishuba is an experience of Lifne Hashem. Where's that from? How did you describe? How did you understand that? It's true, it's Anna Hashem, but how's that the very nature of it? Unless. Kippur, a day of vidui, is the day on which I'm focused not on myself. Well, obviously, it means I'm focused on the other with a capital O. It's a day of focus of Lifnei Hashem, on the presence of God, on the essence of God in my life. That, in turn, is, is my understanding of this short paragraph in the Moreh, where I think he really packs it with the very nature and essence of the day, reiterated in Mishneh Torah, but very carefully tuned in the Moreh to tell us the day is about focus. The Inui is not about pain, but rather about, uh, about, um, about taking my mind away from myself and focusing it on matters of importance, significance, my relationship with God, very much in line with, again, the Shabbat Shabbaton of Shabbat itself, as he has it in his ordering. Baruch Amen.